We're in the middle of a sermon series called Countercultural. Because when we look at the word and we let it become real in our life, we will either not live a biblical lifestyle or we will be countercultural. There's not really a decision. Like that is just the truth of what it is. We will be countercultural. And when we think of 1 Thessalonians, where we've been the last few weeks that I've preached and as we're going to continue forward, this book, that's what it's all about. It's not about what does the world say or what does the TV say or what can I find on TikTok or wherever else we might find this information or find entertainment. It's not just about those things. In fact, it's the exact opposite of, Lord, what would you speak? And here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 today, we kind of get a a hard-hitting portion of Scripture that if we can understand and make real in our life, will change how we live, how we act, how we move. And in fact, we're going to look at, before we close, Paul and how he would maybe make the topic even bigger, not to one specific area of our life, but that every area of our life, when we give it to Jesus and we walk in him and we're countercultural, that we're going to have a better life. Now, I was at Cedar Point yesterday, and I'm going to be real with you. Some of them might be in the room, I don't know, but the Lord blessed me because we were there and it started raining at like 630 And then we went and got some dinner at Quaker Steak and Lube. And then we were home by 11 rather than leaving by 11 and being home by 1, 1 1.30. Like God blessed us greatly. Some of the students didn't feel the same. But it was a wonderful day. Got home. Not too late. You know, but when I love Cedar Point, and I love Cedar Point because I have the opportunity to stand in line. So in the past in youth uh, Cedar Point trips... This is my kids. They wanted to go. We got some other kids with us. We went to Cedar Point. And I love it because I am stuck, or I'm not really stuck. The students, the kids, my kids, whoever's with me, are stuck in lines with me for one, two, maybe three hours waiting on Steel Vengeance or whatever the ride might be. Maybe we stand in line for an hour and a half on Steel Vengeance and then it rains and lightnings and then we leave. I mean, those, that's a bummer. But, you know, those things happen. But we're standing in line for hours upon hours, and the question always comes up in word, or maybe just, uh, you know, not quite exactly the question, but behavior, does it really matter? Like all of our conversations really get back to behavior, really get back to are we living like the Bible would say, or are we doing what we want to do? Truly, that's where it comes from. Having questions and talking through the thought of, do I want my life to be easier as a student, specifically in this way, but for every one of us, or do I want my life to be more difficult? And you might say, well, you could serve the Lord. You could still find difficulty. Absolutely. But when we choose not to serve the Lord and not to be in the Word, we bring other issues upon ourselves. Because as we're going to look today, walking in holiness, walking in honor towards God and towards others, turning to God at the very beginning keeps us from so many other areas that complicate our life. In fact, one specific conversation yesterday in line is keeping each stage of our life in the right stage of our life. So as a little kid, some of our kids, my youngest, 10-year-old, 11, 12-year-olds, you know what 10, 11, 12-year-olds should be thinking about? Having fun, like pretty much having fun. They should be starting their relationship with Jesus. They should be learning and growing. But they shouldn't be dating each other, right? What do you think? 10, 11, 12-year-old, is that a good thing? No, they, they don't even know what that means. They should just be having fun. I'm like, what better year, in my opinion, than 10 years old? 
If I could go back to one age and live my whole life there, may my parents do everything for me. I might have to take the trash out or, you know, really big, terrible things. But what an age, because they just get to live life. And then you get into high school. If you let high school be all about relationships and not about other, then we make our life a little bit more difficult than if we are learning and growing and becoming working towards being adults. The more we act like our adults or want to be like our parents, even though we don't understand what that means, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't, they wouldn't want to do that, I don't think, right? The more that we complicate things. So keeping things in the right lane. And when we walk with Jesus, the very same thing happens. That sometimes we decide, I don't want to live like the Bible would tell me to live, and I get out of the lane I should be, and I make my life difficult because I bring stuff upon myself that is not what is God's call for me, right? For us, maybe in your life, we won't have you, don't worry, but you could raise your hand and say, anybody make your life a little more difficult? And there'll be lots of people in the room. In fact, if we're honest, every single person in the room would be able to say, "Eh, yeah, I've, I've been there. I've done that. I made it harder than it should have been because I made a choice that didn't line up with the word, that wasn't truth, that didn't follow what the Holy Spirit, what Jesus was telling me to do. And today we're going to look at a serious topic, but one that I believe if we can understand, then we'll open the door in so many other areas to say behavior, it truly matters. Truly, in almost anything when I talk, when I hang out with, I'm with people, behavior matters, my words matter, my conversation matters, who I am matters, what I let the Lord do through me matters, it all matters. I think that's what Paul here, as he's writing to the Thess- uh, those here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, those that are in Thessalonica, what he is telling them. So let's read 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8. It says, finally then, brothers, we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. Your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. If we could, let's just pray for a moment. Lord, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful that you speak truth and wisdom. And Lord, I pray that me, as a follower of you, and every person that hears this in the room, online, Later on on a podcast, Lord, that we would have our hearts open to hear your word and to take a step towards you. One step, God, to turn towards you, to turn towards you in honor and holiness, God, because we want to be followers of you, Lord, that step into relationship, that step into the ease of the truth, of walking in the truth, because we follow your word, so that when trials come, things we talked about last week, Lord, when difficulty comes, Lord, our basis is secure, and you're with us, and we know you're with us. Lord, we love you. Bless this time as we get into your word, as we make it real. Lord, you're so good. In your name we pray. Amen. Behavior. Does it really 
matter. We see here in 1 Thessalonians 4, first, that I believe we need in such a massive way the turn towards God. Like we need in our life to start out right off the top to let God move and to move towards God step by step. I love that it says that you do so more and more and that do so is walking and pleasing God. If you are here today and you say, I'm just at church because someone drugged me to church, or maybe you came because someone said there's going to be free chili and you thought it would be good, or maybe you've been here for many, many years at Radiant Life Church or following Jesus. In fact, in the first service, Jerry Watkins sat all the way in the back corner chair back there. He changed my diaper when I was in kid, like a baby at our other facility. Maybe you've walked it with this church or a church, I think five building programs that dad's been a part of. Right? At least, like, what, yeah, he just got tired just sitting there. He just got tired when I mentioned that. Like, oh my goodness. Like, the, the work of what God does, maybe first day in a church, or maybe it's been your whole life. Paul makes it pretty clear that we are to grow and to be more like Jesus every day. To do so more and more. Another way to sound, say, abound more and more in our walk with Jesus. To be more like him. There's something powerful about realizing that when I choose to follow him, that all of a sudden for the rest of my life, I am going to be on a journey to say, Lord, help me. Help me with my mind, with my thoughts, with my intentions, with my heart. Lord, help me to be more like you and to never just kind of sit back and see what happens and kind of stop. Never. That's not what God would call us to. But he calls us to walk into purity and holiness before him more and more every day single day to let him speak to us to let him reveal himself to us and specifically the fact that it talks about Jesus and the instructions that we gave you that Paul gave the church through Jesus these instructions another word that would probably be more real or commandments from the Lord as a commandment from a military officer someone telling a subordinate what to do that's what they would have understood in their day if you've been in the military, if your officer or someone over you tells you to do something, what do you do? You do it. Like, you don't really have to think a lot about it. And if you do have to think a lot about it, it doesn't go well, right? It doesn't go well. My brother, when he was in basic training, he just, I remember talking multiple times to my parents, to us, like, why can't these young people just understand that if they do what they're told to do, then they'll it'll be good. Like they'll be able to have their leave or their passes for the weekend. Like how many times can people not do simple instructions and therefore they don't get to go on a weekend because someone wants their own way. And that's the, the idea here that Paul is saying is that we turn to God, we live in him, we walk in his commandments in a way that we are blessed and we experience him and we walk in him in a powerful way. We are called to turn to him. And today if You've been serving the Lord today if you've given your heart to him. This is not a, it might be good if we try to be like Jesus. No, Jesus, through Paul here, is saying, do what I've called you to do. Step into a new level. Abound more and more. Do it more and more as I give you strength and power. A turn to God is not a one-time decision, but it's a lifetime decision of saying yes to Jesus. Yes to his opinion. Yes to his thought, to his power. And less to me and my decision and what I want and my thoughts and my feelings. 
and we talk about purity in ourselves, in our body, there's something of great value to say it's not about what I want and what I think, but it's about, Jesus, what do you want? And when I realize what he wants, then I'm going to be able to love and care for people in such a better way. Truly, the last word there that we read, for this is the will of God and your sanctification. Your sanctification. This is the will of God. And that word sanctification is a difficult word. There's another word that we like. I really like the word justification. A long word. When I was in, uh, I think, junior Bible quiz, what's justification? Just as if I never sinned. At the moment I come to Jesus, bam, in one moment, grace hits me, and it's just like I never sinned. I am pure before him. No matter what we've done in the room, we can be excited. Because when I give my life to Jesus, I don't have to worry about what I did. It's just as if I never sinned. But the more difficult is the sanctification process, which is my life catching up with the grace that God gives me. So it doesn't mean that now because I've given my life to him, I stay there and I just keep doing whatever I want because he's given me grace. But now sanctification becomes a process and my goal is tomorrow I look a little more like Jesus. And the next day I look a little more like Jesus. And things I used to struggle with in a, in a year, all of a sudden I'm like, praise God, I no longer struggle with. Or I was an alcoholic, but all of a sudden that's not even a temptation anymore in my life. Like God has done something. And sometimes God does really cool things. In one moment, clears us of it. Sometimes there's miraculous things. Some in this room I could talk to and you could testify. He just, I never wanted to drink again. I never did drugs again. I never did whatever it was. And there's others in the room that you're like, I wish I had that testimony because I struggled for three or four years to make it past, to, to go to my AA meetings or to my accountability groups or whatever it is. And maybe for some to say, even today, I still have to think about putting down my desires and lifting what God's desires are so that I don't go back to those things. To say, I've turned to God and I'm going to work the sanctification process. Another way I've been sanctified it's set apart to God. And I've gotten away. I'm, I'm putting a, a divide between me and my world or the culture or my desires. We're set apart for God. You were called to be a set apart from culture and set apart to God. Who loves you? And I think this is a big part of this. That when we turn to God, it's not turning to someone that kind of hopes we mess up so he can clobber us. Sometimes we might feel that way. But instead, God loves and he cares for us. And when we turn to him, he's like, come on in. And when we mess up, it's not like, man, he's, he's got his belt out. But instead, he's like, come on, stand back up. Let's keep doing it. And we're going to get better and better. In fact, I've got my Browns jersey on today. And there's a few Browns jerseys. In fact, there's not that many in this service that I see. I'm kind of disappointed. Is there any other? Right, there's a Browns jersey right here. We've got at least one in the room, so, so that is good. But if you're a Browns fan... And you've always been a Browns fan. In fact, if you're 37 years old, um, the last 37 years, at least any year I can remember, minus the last two or so, have not been good, right? The last two, it's like, man, we could win a game. It's like we could have people for Ohio State football party and Sunday for a Browns party because they might win. Like, we feel good. In fact, we might one year in the next decade win a Super Bowl. I, actually, next few years. I think it's going to happen. Anybody else believe with me? Okay, there's some, I wasn't sure if I was going to be left by myself, but we got a few of you in here. Like, come on. But you know what the Browns had to do to get to this point? Now, unfortunately, we don't want to have happen. 
they moved to Baltimore. Thankfully, they came back. I mean, started over. So that was good. And then it was terrible for decades, basically. But you know what they did? They kept pushing. They kept going. They kept trying. They kept getting a new coach and a new GM and a new quarterback and all those things until finally there's something that happened. And sometimes in our life, we're like, I'm, I messed up. I'm just going to quit. And I'm pretty glad the Browns didn't quit. And I'm pretty glad I didn't become like you know, do something easy, like become a Dallas Cowboys fan just because they used to be good. But no, I stayed with the Browns. I'm just kidding. But I stayed with the Browns, right? You stayed with your team. And in our spiritual walk, we must understand, I'm going to turn to God. I'm going to be set apart for him. And I'm going to work through it. The sanctification process, if it's easy or if it's difficult, Lord, I'm going to be more like you tomorrow than I am today. And if I mess up, I'm going to stand back up. If I don't get it right, I'm going to do it right next time. If I need help, I'm going to get people to help me so I'm not by myself. I'm going to turn every part of my life over to God. As we continue to look at this, that turn towards God is also a turn towards honor. Because it's not God in heaven just saying, ha, if I just list all these rules and these commandments and say you, you need to be sexually pure or you need to not gossip or you need to not hurt people. It's really all about love. We need to love others. It's truly about honor. What do we do with our brother and our sister and the people around us? How do we treat them? How do we act around them? Are we honest? Are we trustworthy? Do we degrade them or do we lift them up? And here he is pretty clear that it is the will of God in verse 3, right? For your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body and holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. Right? We see here that there's an important thing of honor, and not degrading your brother and pulling that out just in a couple minutes. There's something vital about the realization of that. We went to Cedar Point, I mentioned. We went to uh, Quaker Steak and Lube. My 10-year-old boy went into the bathroom at Quaker Steak and Lube. And apparently, they like to put junk all over the wall. There's no other way to say it. So my son came out of the bathroom and it was like, Dad, there's terrible posters in the bathroom. There's all these things. It's all alcohol related and there's people without clothes on and thankfully they had some clothes on but not much clothes on he's like i didn't mean to see it but it was there in front of me i'm like thank you god that that's my 10 year old's response right and lord help that to be my response he's like why would these girls be put on a, a poster like he couldn't understand why that would be okay and I believe in his little 10-year-old heart, he's saying that's not honoring of that person. That's not honoring, but that's degrading of that person. That, that's doing something and putting them in a place where they're not meant to be for all these guys going to the bathroom to look at. Is that honoring of them? And how often in our walk with God do we not show and let the word become real and then not honor each other? Maybe in a sexual way, but so often in what we say in what we do, and how we treat each other. That doesn't honor, it doesn't build up, but instead degrades. And all of a sudden, we're not acting like Jesus because we like saying what we want to say and doing what we want to do. And in our culture, we like looking at what we want to look at and being what we want to be. But God, Paul here, is calling us to more than that. To say, no, you cannot, but instead abstain from these things. 
Come away from these things. Turn towards honor of God, of yourself. That's a huge part of this. And turn toward honor of others. And when all of a sudden we understand, man, God has so much more, and not because he's mean, but because he loves me, and he loves the people that we could hurt, look at, or talk poorly about, or gossip about, or all the things, all of a sudden I begin to realize, Lord, when I turn to you, I'm protected, the people around me are protected, the world should see something different. And you know what, we don't always, as Christians, I think all of us in the room, could say we don't always get it 100% right. In fact, if you're here for just a little while, maybe this is your first Sunday, if you think you're never going to get hurt by someone here, you're probably wrong. I, that's our prayer, but because we are humans trying to grow and trying to learn and trying to be more, but my prayer is when we mess up, we come back and say, Lord, forgive me, and hey, Lynn, forgive me if I just, if just hurt your feelings talking about Dallas, right? Like if we know, then we can come and we can say, don't, don't let me ruin something. Don't let me degrade. Don't let me dishonor because I found it fun or I found it something that made me feel good. And that's what Paul is saying here. That we must stand above what our culture would say. When we go back and look in Leviticus chapter 18, a chapter where God instructed Israel on, this, on the matter of sexual morality. The idea is given that one may not uncover the nakedness of another and not expose themselves to another. Because it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be holy. And in our world today where pornography and movies and shows and just what's on a TV show, on a normal channel, we must guard our hearts and our spirit because it's so easy to go the other way without even, without even really a conscious decision besides just doing what everybody does. But we are going to be countercultural and say, no, I will not allow those things in my life. And when I do, when I walk in purity and honor, walking in purity is walking in honor before your God, spouse, family, world. And I would put on there your future. Because when we choose to honor God, when we choose to honor him and walk in him and become like him, then all of a sudden our future is honored because we're not going to, that whole easy or hard future, we're going to experience God and what he has in the future in a different way than if we say, I'm just going to do what I want to do and walk how I want to walk and be what I want to be. Because someday there's consequence. And someday that's going to come catch up with us. And someday we're going to experience something we don't actually want to experience. But at the time it was just a little bit easier. At the time it's what I thought or at the time it's what I felt. And Paul is calling this church to be more. Saying your behavior matters. What we do matters. Just in the last couple of verses. In verse 7 and 8 as we close out today. For God has not called us for impurity but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Here in these last few verses, and, and jumping back, I think we see a few things that Paul kind of says, why this all matters. Why does it make any difference if I follow God or honor God and turn towards him? Why does it matter if I turn towards holiness, which is what we're talking about, becoming what God would have us to be? Because holiness will be found out. Unholiness will be found out, right? There's punishment. And I don't like that. 
I'll tell you what, when I was a kid, I hated getting punished. And I made it my goal to not get punished often. And I did pretty well. I didn't get punished too much. My dad's shaking his head up and down, so that's good. Right? I didn't like it. I didn't like getting spanked. So you know what I did? I didn't do stuff to get spanked. Like very rare. Very, very rare. And if it happened once, I said, I'm good. I don't ever want that to happen for that reason ever again. I wanted to learn before getting spanked why I shouldn't do it. Like that was just how I thought as a kid. My brother, which he'll listen to this, not exactly the same. A little different. So he can make a comment later on or something. But, right? And you know people that are on both sides. But when we understand, Lord, I want to walk in holiness because your word is clear from beginning to end that the punishment will come if I just do what I want to do. Also, so thankful for that justification. So thankful for grace. So thankful that when we turn to him, he takes our problems and our sin and he covers them because if not, every one of us in this room would be in big trouble. So we can turn to him, but then we choose to walk in him and not let holy, unholiness be a part of our life, but to grow day in and day out, to abound more and more, to be more like Jesus every single day. Why in verse Seven here. For God has not called us to impurity, but we are called to walk in purity. You are called to purity. It's not just an accident, but you here today, sitting here, whatever your church experience is, God would call you to his family. He would call you to rise above. And if you sit here and say, there's things in my life that if everyone else knew, wouldn't really be fit in. It wouldn't be acceptable to the word of God, I encourage you, he's calling you out of that and he's calling you to purity and holiness and honor for yourself and for your world in whatever area it is, purity in, in sexual things, but also in others. And we're going to read a few here in a moment. You are called by the creator of the universe to not be like everybody else, but to be like Jesus would have us to be. To be sanctified day in and day out, more and more and more like him. In fact, Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians, we can add to this. I just want to read a few verses in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. It says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, now the list is going to expand, nor idolater, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I like that, especially as we continue. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now it's been really quiet in here, like really, really quiet. But that is a moment to say, praise God, we're not talking about anything else. But instead, what did it just say? You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Whatever your issues have been, whatever your problems have been, whatever your struggle is that didn't honor God, yourself, or someone else, He comes in and sanctifies and purifies and helps us walk out of them. It doesn't say what you still are, but what you once were. Some of you were, but not anymore because God has made you new. And I'll tell you what, whether it's instant or whether it's a challenge, and you have to fight it day in and day out, every single thing on that list, and we could go to other lists. Our tongue, what we say, is the easiest thing that we blow all the time. 
So let's just go to that. Every one of us can. Lord, my tongue, let it line up with your word. And when I mess up, Lord, I'm going to do my best to do better tomorrow. And when one individual at work, or I mean, couldn't happen at church, but at church, they just get under my skin and they just make my blood boil, right? No, I mean, once again, no one would have that, but if they did, Lord, help me tomorrow. Help me next Sunday. In fact, Lord, I'm going to text them and just encourage them in the middle of the week. And they're going to be shocked because that's not been my natural bend. But Lord, I'm going to be like your word says, not like I want to be or what my feeling is or what I would do naturally. We're going to turn to purity. But then Jesus, if you, man, Jesus just, he keeps going. In the Sermon on the Mount, we'll go from Paul to now Matthew, or from 1 Thessalonians, Matthew chapter 5, then Jesus starts talking and says, if you, you've heard that, or it said that those of you, you should not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to, to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry at his brother is liable to judgment. Oh my goodness, Lord, help us. It's not even what I do, but it's just what I think. And then he goes on in lust, in divorce, in retaliation, in loving our enemies. It's not about what I do, but it's about what I think. And Lord Jesus, help us to be a people that walk in holiness. That when we go into a bathroom, just like my 10-year-old son, it says, oh man. That he put his hands in front of his head and he did everything literally like this in that bathroom. Because he didn't want to see all the junk that was on the wall. And Lord, I don't care if I'm 37 years old, if I need to put my hand in front of my face to go into a bathroom or to go somewhere. Lord, I pray that I would be holy before you. Maybe God's purified me and maybe I don't have to put my hand, I can just control my eyes. Great. But Lord, help me not to focus on what I shouldn't focus on. Lord, help this mouth to not be discouraging and dishonoring, but Lord, help this mouth to honor. And that's what a relationship with Jesus is all about about it's not about rules laws regulations what i have to do but it's about god helping us no longer tear people down starting with ourself but becoming like him becoming holy becoming honoring where people want to be around you because when you're they're around you they feel respected and honored and cared for and loved and you go the extra mile for them just as jesus who gave everything for you verse 8 goes on The third, rejecting God's call to purity is rejecting God. It's not rejecting man when I do stuff, when I say stuff, when I look at stuff. It's Paul, he's so straightforward. It's rejecting God. So Lord, don't let me reject you. Don't let me get out of order. Don't let me let that become who I am. And the fourth, through the Holy Spirit, you're given power for victory. So why does it matter? Because unholiness is going to be found out. Because you're called to purity. Because rejecting God or rejecting uh, purity is rejecting God. And because you have an advocate that's there to help you. You can do it. No matter what your trouble has been, your challenge has been. No matter where you've been, he loves you. He cares for you. And he has the best. And today on a, a day when there's some guests, I see some people I don't know in the room. I believe that a message like this is exactly what our world needs to hear because That's what Christianity is. That's what relationship with Jesus is. Is Lord, let me honor my world, my future, myself, as I honor the creator of the universe. So as we close today, what I would love to do, is, if you say, man, I'm here on a Sunday morning and I've never given my life to Jesus. Maybe your first week in church or your 43rd week in church or whatever, doesn't matter. 
I want to give you the opportunity to say, Lord, I want to give my heart to you. I want to be justified. I want sin to be gone, just as if I never sinned. And Lord Jesus, I want that sanctification process of holiness and honoring you and honoring others to become real. That I'm going to ask you just to pray with me, to say, Lord, make me new, make me whole. But also for the whole room, that we would pray today and commit ourselves to purity. Maybe it's sexual purity where you say, oh man, you got me. It wasn't me, it was Paul, God, he, he put it all together. But maybe it's other things that you say, that might not be my struggle. But whatever it is today, could we as a church commit, Lord, I want to honor you by honoring myself and others. I believe God will speak, or he already has spoken. Like I said, it's been pretty quiet, so I think he's been talking to some folks. Let's let God do it, and then we get to go encourage, because the power of the Holy Spirit is what we're sent out with. We're not by ourselves, but he's going to move and flow. We get to go eat, eat some chili together. We get to hang out together. We get to just do all these things and, and sit and communicate, but let it be in holiness and honor before one another. So this morning, if you want to give your life to the Lord, or you'd be willing just to pray with us and to commit once again yourself, then if you would, I'm going to pray. If you would repeat after me, and if this is your first time, he welcomes you into his family. Just kabam, it's done. He invites you in. So if you would, let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I love you. And I give you my life. I want to honor you. So I repent of my sin. And I turn to you. I give you all of me. And I love you. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. And Lord, help me to honor you, to love others, to build others up, and not degrade others with my actions or my thoughts. But Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, Help me to overcome struggles or battles that I'm in so I can be like you more and more every day. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And amen. Come on. There's nothing like growing and being all that God has called us to be. This morning, if you just gave your life to the Lord for the very first time, I encourage you, I would love to know. Come tell me, or you can go on our website, rating.family, contact us. Just tell us that you gave your life to Jesus. We, I would love to take you out for lunch or a dinner. There's nothing better, that choice. And for all of us, this week, let's walk in his holiness, in his honor. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are not alone. And if you say, I need some help, you can also go to contact us. Reach out. We would love to get you connected with people that can help you take a step in whatever it is that God is doing in your life. Be careful what you watch, be careful what you listen to, be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus.